work week, am I right? But do you know what would make it a little bit better? Doing church on a Sunday and then listening to a podcast about the sermon. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Church Collingswood. Each week we'll spend some time unpacking Sunday sermonics, and we hope that you'll be able to connect a little deeper with the message and the messenger. It's a win, if we can make your work week a little less blue. House lights down. Welcome to the post-Sunday blues, a preaching post-mortem. Everybody's favorite post-mortem. Yeah, there was an awkward silence right before I started. You were just like looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> I was staring lovingly into your eyes. Uh, was that it? It's our, It's Yeah, never mind. I actually found another Christian podcast that has post-mortem in the title. Uh-oh. I stumbled upon it. It's our, it's our competition. Yeah, what did they talk about? It was a debrief of... The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast. That, and they use the word, oh, I, um, yeah, okay. We could, we could debrief the Rise and Fall of, like, Jim Anger. <laughs> In process, <laughs> I guess that's, speak. wait, wait, that is actually what we're doing. So we're, we basically have the same podcast. Right. <laughs> I think. <laughs> no, we're I need help. to say that. <laughs> Um, no, we are not. You are not Mars Hill, hopefully. Uh, okay. I yeah. We need to... It's an unflattering comparison right there. Let's walk down a different road. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues. Um, I'm Emily Anger, and I am sitting here in front of my husband, Jim Anger. I'm alive. Jim is um, a pastor at Liberty Collingswood. <laughs> Liberty Church Collingswood. Mars Hill East, Sorry. basically. I'm really giggly today. The uh, giggles are not my like thing or my mojo, so I'm I'm not sure what's going on. Sometimes you giggle when you're nervous. Are you nervous right now? I think I'm cold and distracted. Okay. <laughs> so, um, giggling. Do I really giggle when I'm nervous? I feel like I get quiet when I'm nervous. Hmm. hmm. Maybe you don't know me well enough. I'll work on that. Anyway, let's jump in. House lights down. House lights down, meaning the concert is about to begin. There is a Marah Christmas concert that I just saw last night. So I was, was going to ask you. For? Yeah, I was going to ask you if you wanted to. Are you inviting me on a date? Go, on a podcast? Go see, go see Marah together just like the old days. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's Not a no. <laughs> I feel like we should move on from this. Um, You're blushing. I... <laughs> Just for the record, she is not okay, blessing. We need to cut and paste, cut, <laughs> cut, cut, start over. Um, let's let's jump into Genesis. Let's jump into the evaluation of this mm-hmm. sermon. Um, you, we were talking about rest. I'm not feeling particularly rested today, so it's probably a good time to sit and reflect on this once again. Um, there were many ironies for uh, you, you starting the Sabbath series when I was thinking. Oh, like <laughs> keep things Sabbath. Like I had a, I had both Jesse like leaving church early so she could go to dance, and then right. myself um, having a photo shoot, and then like a backlog of editing I knew I needed to do on the Sabbath. So it's a day where you're really gonna be um, doing some some podcast counseling to me. I was preaching week. to the anti choir, and and you got in late Saturday night from vlogging over a thousand miles over three days doing college tours in New York and New England. Yeah, we had visited. So you were busy. We visited nine colleges in three days. It's insane. And I think it was nine. I feel like it might have been more. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yikes. 
um, I, I've lost track. My, my brain was very, very busy um, and tired when I like sat down to listen to the sermon and mm-hmm. yeah, it was probably, probably hit <laughs> <laughs> who can say for sure. Um, and anyway, you're my audience of one. Yeah. So now I'm rambling because I'm my, my brain for this particular moment looking at my notes i have so many notes because probably i was thinking about it let just why don't you start talking because i'm talking too much what's the context here what were you thinking about um as you constructed this sermon for this sunday this sermon was slow pitch softball so after some more challenging sermons with to me challenging topics to get my mind around and explain i am somebody and then you can push back if you think this isn't true but i I consider myself to be somebody that enjoys enjoying things. And so one of the things that I enjoy is rest. Who doesn't and, enjoy enjoying things? Like, isn't that like a... You know, I, I I feel like I'm better than average at my enjoyment level when it comes to enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious about that. I'm, I'm laughing, but I think that's one of my strengths. Yeah. It's on my strength finder. <laughs> right, and if you disagree, if you, if you want to wrestle Jim for this uh, well, title. I, I, I might say that I might be better at enjoying things than my podcast. I am going to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just am more particular about what I enjoy. Fair enough. Okay, so we all agree that enjoyment is enjoyable and rest is great. So this was a fun sermon it, and it's also a set of topics that I've thought about before, I've preached about before, I've read about before. And so, yeah, God, of of all the commands of Scripture, God commanding human beings, and in particular those in his church, to rest, that's not a bad command. They're, they're definitely harder ones. So if, if only every command would be this much fun for me to preach about. No kidding. You did kind of phone it in with your first intro joke. What was my first your, intro, your joke? intro joke? Was that you thought about resting from the sermon writing? Oh, rest. Like I feel like I've heard that one before. So, a- along those lines, my favorite joke in that direction was from my old church in Texas. Do you remember when I forget who it was, but this guy who kept a pastor and teacher that kept predicting the end of the world? And around maybe 2010, he said the world is going to end. This Friday, he'd been predicting it for a long time. And my joke at the beginning of that sermon, so the Sunday after, like the Friday when the world was predicted to end, I said, wouldn't it have been funny if I just came into the sermon totally unprepared and frazzled as if I wasn't expecting to have to preach that Sunday? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Em, you know that if if a joke of mine doesn't hit the first time, I just... Keep on at it. Or, or you just like pull it out, even if it... Actually, I don't know. This this yeah. joke, though, I, I wasn't evaluating. So it wasn't your favorite. That's fine. Yeah, I had listened to nine info sessions from college <laughs> college admissions officers trying to, like, sell their college to me. What so was when, the best admissions you, officer joke? That, were there any? No, yeah. probably none. I don't feel like I don't feel like admissions officers want to risk the joke. The the Boring. students on tours had corny well, jokes that were yeah. written. Mm, none of them stuck sorry no um don't quit your day yeah. job but I, I was in particular evaluation mode and i would have if if you had started with that joke in the admissions officer role i'm not sure i would have kept listening 
Yeah, I guess people don't do college tours for comedy that that much. Although it would be a fun triumph the insult comic right. dog kind of to spoof. But anyway, you're the one that was doing yet. the tour no, and not I. No, no. So for me, like, tell tell us a little bit more specifically. So you were, you feel like this is a softball one, but mm-hmm. what's the context of how you um, have thought about rest or how you've seen our congregation struggling with? Um, Sabbath keeping, yeah. what was God doing in you um, as you prepared for this even softball, softball so sermon? So the sermon for this past Sunday and the sermon for this Sunday, baby, are of a piece because last week was talking about rest and this week I'm going to be talking about work. So work in the Garden of Eden and, and then they go together and we're bad. So work-life balance, I think, is just a really hard combination for for a lot of people and I think it's getting harder not easier I'm going to talk about I think this coming Sunday things like you know work used to be more regular and steady whether it's gig economy whether it's pandemic work at home we're never on and we're never off when it comes to work and rest and the irony that I was mining I mentioned this at the beginning of the sermon was that on the surface Sabbath can seem like a bad idea. And do you keep Sabbath? No, why would I do that? I'm not a religious crazy. I'm not this legalistic zealot. So no, I don't keep Sabbath. But then on the other hand, we are exhausted. So what if there is something in this ancient rhythm that God wisely commanded his people long ago and that we should follow as well? That makes sense to me. Let's um, jumping in to Sun Studios and I do have more material material about uh, college tours and the lack of comedy <laughs> there. If if you'd want to double click on that, I'll I'll leave that okay, up I'll to you. I'll double click. Double click. Give me give me some. <laughs> Hit me. What if you would have? Uh oh. Uh no, you called my bluff. I don't have more material. <laughs> I I am good at calling your bluffs. I will. That is say. true. Um, you know audience that Jim bluffs about a lot of things and so if you no, I don't. <laughs> you should often double click on things that he says because you'll often find that that it's all smoke and mirrors <laughs> all smoke and mirrors that is right okay so let's move on to the sun studios the how the survey got made and hopefully there weren't too many smoke and mirrors here you were looking at genesis 7 um and this concept of rest. Tell us about this Bible passage and and what was compelling about it. Yep. I enjoyed that Freudian slip there. Um, we were in Genesis 2, but it is about the Oops. seventh day and the <laughs> Sabbath day. So I re- loved where you're going with that. So Genesis chapter 2, verses Freudian. 1 to... <laughs> tell me about your father. Miswriting. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. On the seventh day, God God rested. And this has always been a fascinating passage to me. I, I love the beginning of Genesis. It's one of those texts of scripture that I keep coming back to and always discover more and new things. And in this case, being fascinated all over again by the fact that God, who doesn't need to rest, who doesn't run out of gas, who never lacks for energy still rests on the seventh day as an act of enjoyment and reflection upon the glory of creation as it refracts back to the glory of the creator. And we're, we're called to imitate. And I, I love even the repetition of seventh, seventh, seventh in this text. 
Uh, I was fascinated. I don't know if you caught the detail um, about how the root words for Sabbath, rest, and seventh in Hebrew are the same. Sure. So even at the basic level of language, it is written into the Israelite story that we are people that work for six days and then rest on the seventh. Right. I, I yeah, and it is like you're saying, it, this is an easy one to like see reflected both in the direct scripture. You're not stretching anything to to be calling Sabbath as something that's central to faith, central to mm-hmm. um these commands of of God. Yeah, so what do you do you feel like there's anything else that caught your eye in particular in this passage? From this passage, I'll say when I was reading some commentaries about this text as it related to Exodus chapter 20. That's the fourth commandment. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but seventh day rest. Not only you should rest, or son or daughter, male servant, female servant, livestock, or sojourner within mm-hmm. your gates. Right. I hadn't fully thought before about how part of the impulse of Sabbath keeping is for the purposes of subverting exploitation sure. and there's an impulse towards equality built in built right. into the sabbath which isn't necessarily always kept like a sabbath fail story when i was in seminary and m you loved hanging out with other male seminary students and yeah, they're, they're their, the their best. wives there was there was a Speaking of unintentional They're comedy, almost just as that good was... as your high school friends and your college friends and oh no, current, current day friends. Say, say it <laughs> so kidding. baby, wow, <laughs> that, that, that was a fairly broad brush there, if you I'm don't mind kidding. me saying. But <laughs> I, uh, yeah, but it's justified with some seminary parties that we went to early in seminary and. It's not a coincidence that we don't have any stories from seminary parties later in seminary because we just stopped going to them. But so there there was a Sabbatarian strand pretty heavily, not with all seminary students where I went, but, but with a number of them. The husbands loved the Sabbath because it was just, you know, sports, football, resting, napping, eating. But the wives were the ones that were like cooking cleaning, taking care of kids. So that is a misapplication of the impulse towards equality in Exodus chapter 20. You know who you are, (laughs) seminary dudes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that, and I did like that point about also thinking about rest extending um, all the way down. And and here it's the manservant, maidservant. Yeah. trying to think about the applications for today as well as um the last week's sermon the the idea of resting the land yeah, and the environment um get sabbath too sabbatical should be given rest. Sabbath. it does feel like um physiologically we're just wired to need rest and when it doesn't happen you feel it viscerally so um the mm. fact that it's a command um the when fact my that sabbatical Sorry to cut you off, but that's where my mind went. <laughs> Keep going. Um, the fact that sabbatical exists for your for people, for humans, as well as um, for the land, it's it it feels right. This resonates as something that is true and truth, um, and yet we still struggle with that sometimes. Yeah, and just on that point, so thinking about and and this might be moving towards muddying the waters just a little bit, but so if the current coastal conception of God among secular people on the East Coast and West Coast, at least the Christian vision of God is 
dour, toxic, bad against humanity. Here's an instance where I think there could be some agreement that there is deep beauty in God calling his creatures to rest. And so we can come back and appreciate this Christian vision of humanity, I hope, in a deeper way when we understand something that even on the surface is as archaic as Sabbath keeping. Right. And we can talk about that a little bit more. Like one thing that comes to mind is people who make fun of Chick-fil-A for not being open on Sundays. But, you know, that is like a direct um, understanding of this passage and its effects. It's it's like direct effects on the bottom line for this company yeah. um, on helping its employees have a time to rest. I think that an outsider view could look at it as a, oh, they just want people to go to church. Right. But I don't think that that's the full picture. No, we do have a good friend, Em, from our previous church context who is an owner and operator of a Chick-fil-A. And he he drank the Kool-Aid. He ate his own chicken, if you know what I mean. I mean, that's probably good. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, it, it would be, it'd actually be troubling if he never ate his own chicken. <laughs> I actually read, read an article once about the CEO of Hardee's and Carl's Jr., uh-huh. like super big, like greasy giant right. cheeseburgers that are totally excess. He's apparently a health nut. And never touches those things <laughs> because because they're they're yeah. they're so so bad for you. But not so with our friend, and he he was a believer in how for himself and all the way down the company, knowing that there's a day when they're not going to work, just as wonders for the productivity of his own workforce and employees because there is this rest built in. Right, and he, for for him as a owner and operator of a restaurant. You're never, even when you're not at the office, you're mm-hmm. never off duty. You're always in danger of being called in for, for something, right. for some emergency. Uh, but but he, he loved the fact that, that, that there was always this rest. And I actually at one point sent this friend when we were living down there a series of Chick-fil-A themed haikus. <laughs> and uh, the, the last line of each haiku was always, three lines in a haiku, right? Never on Sunday. <laughs> so one line, five syllables. Next line, seven syllables. Never on Sunday. Jim is a poet, you guys. were a little risque. <laughs> surprise, Not going to say anything more. <laughs> oh, Chick-fil-A, how, how um, you've inspired my husband to poetry. Oh, Chick-fil-A, how risque. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe muddying the waters, onto muddying the waters as we... Uh, think about Chick-fil-A and other iterations, you were trying to address different contexts, um, including this, like, uh, the seminary students you were criticizing, the people who are keeping strict Sabbath, um, and then also the, like, um, your Scotland experience with free churchers in Scotland, who um, you weren't criticizing, I think, but, um, well, maybe not not in the same way as your seminary friends. I was not criticizing my free church experience. <laughs> um, do you want to talk a little bit about that that context, these contexts that you were trying to, you were trying to explore our context by explaining the context of the Sabbatarians in Scotland? Right. So I actually got a phone call from my sister who occasionally tunes into our sermons on Sunday afternoon. And she said, Jim, I learned a new word from your sermon this morning, Sabbatarian. And she, and she said, 
I had no idea that you were a Sabbatarian. And like I didn't quite say that I'm a Sabbatarian, but anyway, it's fun. It's a fun word to add to the lexicon. So Sabbath, legalistic backwards, and bad. I had a great experience with quote unquote strict Sabbath keeping in Scotland, all the way down to not returning a twenty-four hour loan book to the library on on a Sunday. And it did wonders for work habits, for study habits, for work-life balance. And so really the whole point of the sermon was speaking both to skeptics and Christians. Think again, and even if I don't think there's biblical warrant for saying that it's biblically necessary to keep a strict Sabbath down to not returning a book on Sunday, but there's still a lot of value in it, and however it looks for you, we should still do it. So I was trying to strike a balance between saying, okay, we don't need to be strict Sabbatarians, but I really didn't talk about that much at all beyond accessing Joel Embiid pre-COVID, pre-coronavirus. To, He's resting uh, he, is, he is taking a mandatory, uh, warm and mandatory rest. Get better soon, Joel. So if, if it's not biblically mandated to take a strict view of the Sabbath, we also probably shouldn't pretend like the fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, is completely optional in every way, shape, and form. So how can we Sabbath better, understanding at the same time that we are really exhausted and we just suck at rest? Like even when we try to rest, we do it wrong. So I was trying to hit that pretty hard. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about how we do rest wrong? How We Do Rest Wrong. That's the title of my third book. It'll be me dressed like a police officer. I'm going to have <laughs> all five of my first five books. It will be me dressed as a different person in the village people. And then I don't know where that's going to go. But oh my God. So anyway, yeah, book number two, You Rest Wrong, Me as a Police Officer. Yeah, just trying to think a little creatively about how even when we rest, we don't do it well, whether it's being divided, whether it's always being on duty with work. Whether it's making your wife make cook cook while you're watching football. <laughs> I've heard stories of such households that is not ours. <laughs> it's true. Okay, it's true. there you I, go. No, I, I, will I was just waiting I'm for affirming. you to... I'm thank affirming. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, yeah, think, things that steal our steal our rest. I, I mentioned a couple different things. Yeah. How did these, I'll flip it back to you. Um, oh, no. uh, things that steal our rest, cheating, binging, and screening. So cheating is when you're having downtime, you're actually not disconnecting and yeah. you're, 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 you're doing something or other that's actually stealing the fact that you're stealing your rest. And then binging, just going into things way too hard and you're exhausting yourself well, all let's over stop. again let's go one by one let's okay. see where we can go so stealing i all of these by the way hit but um i do think you also said something about being present where you are like committing to doing that yeah i, I feel like that's a stolen phrase too but we'll move on from that but <laughs> i did remember like we oh, had, had a, a story there, really great we, we had a really great real estate agent in uh west philly when we were selling our house and oh yeah he was like on it but there was one time when like he was at uh, an amusement park with his kids and you could hear like screaming and laughter in the background and he was like just delivering hard facts to us <laughs> like, we were yeah that's like, a great 
that's a great pull right there. Yeah. We felt dirty, like, hey, this guy's always on duty for us, but always on duty. Right. Um, but he he really was always on duty. It was a little scary. Like, come on, guy, have like yeah. take a break, be with your kids. It's okay. Yeah. Well, I I hope he's having a good time with his fourth wife right now. Oh, stop. Um but you know, there's there's aspects of us that can do that too. I am notoriously to you very distractible and so I my brain always is operating on a couple different levels at any given yeah. time so even when I'm resting in theory there are things going on in my brain I think that's true of you too that's interesting I think I think we have different tendencies but towards the end of the sermon I talked about how we need each other to talk about how we can rest well. So some of your some of the things that steal your ability Uh-oh. to rest are different Stop from things everyone. that steal <laughs> that, that steal that steal my ability to rest. Oh, okay. So 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 for so I'm a I'm a linear worker where I'll sit down. Okay, I need to spend an hour writing sermon, and I'll spend an hour on sermon writing. But then when I get up, I'm well. A lot of sermon writing occurs when I'm driving in the car or jogging and that sort of thing but on the other hand like I'm pretty point A to point B when it comes to task completion which is not better than other folks but you're you're more circular when it comes to accomplishing tasks so what does finding pockets of rest look like for somebody who's non-linear when it comes to accomplishing tasks right yeah and I do I think that it is like there's a question to me about how I, to take a Sabbath personally when I don't know Sundays do not feel like I think for you too Sundays do not feel like they can actually be the Sabbath. Yeah, it's a little different for pastors and pastor families. Right. So then, I I also don't. I am not complaining personally about my own level of being able to have downtime per se, but um. Like yeah, I was working on Sunday. Like I did have I did have a photo shoot and photos to edit. Um, so where do I take the space to rest? So that's something I think everyone needs to kind of work out on their own, especially if you're treating it as a command. Right, and I think it's just layers of difficulty there. And you're you're a stay-at-home parent, but also with a part-time job and so it's easy to be scattered between those different things does so you've read liturgy of the ordinary by by tish warren does she in the book i mean i i've never read it i you know i'm just a title yeah title skimmer like does she does she talk about sabbath as one of the liturgies of one's ordinary life I think she did, but it's like it's over. I read it like a year ago, <laughs> two years ago, really. Okay. Um. So I can't get that detail back, but um. Yeah, I I think that's still a good book to um observe as one to like think about real life and Sabbath. Right. So the second part, um, the second you were saying binging is mm-hmm. that the next yeah the next thing that people can struggle with yeah um. I think I can get go down that rabbit trail where like I view my like Twitter habits as restful, but like, and that's connected to your third thing too, which is screens. So like it's binging and screens are kind of connected. Right. And it's for me, it's not like watching one show um, until I'm, I've completed the entire series in one um, go, but it's like me constantly like feeding my brain with trivial um, reality TV 
podcasts and um, Twitter feeds and all of that because and I'm doing it because I want rest but it's not like it we're doing Sabbath wrong if that's our only rest yeah so I think there's a know thyself impulse built into how we should think about Sabbath and for me you know I've gone through different periods where uh, overindulging in alcohol is uh if if not out and out drunkenness, but just using that as a crutch to rest, which there is a point of diminishing returns there where it it actually steals rest and creates a lot more problems than than it solves. And part of it too is let's not overcomplicate it. Part of resting is getting enough sleep. <laughs> and <laughs> and you know, sleep I'm I'm not a life coach, I'm a pastor, but we probably live in a culture, including ourselves, where sleep hygiene is just horrible uh, most of the time for a lot of us. And, right. and that, that that relates to, to binging and just not getting enough rest because there's so many entertainment options that are always at our fingertips, sure. which does relate to screens as well. Right. And that, yeah. So I, I see you as um, kind of really hitting some hard, hard spots for us. Um, you see me? Oh, my gosh. You really see me? Um. <laughs> Do you feel like there's anything else in muddying the waters? I wanted to, I, I didn't spend a ton of time talking about it, but this is one of the ways where Christianity, I think, is both profound and distinctive as it leads human beings to rest. I tried to be clear in saying there needs to be a spiritual component to Sabbath. So right. it shouldn't just be, hey, I'm, I use the examples of golf and spa. Mm -hmm. So when we're just there, there's a difference between Sabbath and me time. Sure. So me time is an echo maybe of what Sabbath is. Uh, but, you know, me time can be pretty selfish at one extreme. But then on the other, like me time can just be, you know, it's me, but there's, but there's no Jesus. And if, if truly the rest that we need is for, our souls, I quoted Matthew 11, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. That's the rest that we need at the deepest level. And so we need to press ahead into Jesus when we, when we Sabbath as well. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not an expert rester or Sabbath keeper, but you know, even like practical stuff, I try to read Bible on vacation and keep some prayer rhythms. Um, and then when I have downtime, I try to make sure even on a weekly basis that like, hey, I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying, not just on my days on, but also on my days off. Right. And then you kind of ended with a call to helping others rest also. Right. Which is something that I, I had not seen in any of the literature, but that was jumping off again from Exodus 20 when everybody needs to rest. And so it was the end of the sermon and I was kind of screaming into the screaming into the runway and didn't, yeah, have, didn't yeah. have a ton of time to develop. But I would love it if one of the callings of our church in this season of represent initiative, as we seek to be more present before God, more present with one another and more present with our community, maybe may a missional missional tack that we can take is being Sabbath spreaders, which right. probably doesn't you know, the marketing team is not going to love Sabbath spreaders. It, it does sound a, a little bit. If your weird. sister beyond, doesn't even know the word the Sabbatarian, right? But how do we how do we work 
to seek others' rest. Right. That's something that keeps Sabbath from just being me time or being selfish. Sure. If we're looking out not only for our own Sabbath, but for the Sabbath of others. And that is something that I tend not to hear over the years when I when I hear sermons and teaching about Sabbath. It's it's all about self-care, which is you know hugely important. But then mm-hmm. the specific examples that I gave, I think it was single moms, immigrants, parents with disabled kids, low-wage earners. Mm-hmm. I don't have awesome answers for these things, but I think the questions are worth asking. How can we give Sabbath to those in our midst that, are, that have those sets of contextual factors that maybe not everybody in our church does? Right. How do we extend no. Sabbath to those that really have trouble finding it? Yeah. Good call. I mean, I, I just think that this is one of those things that resonates as true and um, even true to our culture. So as we move to bar band cover tunes, mm-hmm. I know like even you were quoting a New York Times article about the the, the need for um, Sabbath to be more than just the stopping of work. There's right. something deeper yep. and bigger. Judith Shulevitz or Shulevitz. I'm okay. actually not sure how, yeah. to, how to pronounce, but yeah. 2003 article that has been much quoted both in Christian circles <laughs> and, and otherwise about the, about the Sabbath. Right. Um, and I think that I appreciate that this concept of Sabbath is countercultural, but even there are aspects of our culture that recognizes it, that yeah. we kind of recognize that this might not be the best idea. And yet we still, still move on. Um, other, other references for you, uh, it was a big, um, Scottish accent day. Yeah. What did you think of my Scottish accent? I thought it was, I, I thought feel it was like great. it's a little weak right now. Maybe a trip to Scotland would help. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, all your accents are a little weak. I think, I think my kids would agree. It's on purpose. I could do better accents, but they're less funny. <laughs> that may be smoke and mirrors. Who knows for sure? Uh, you also uh, had an imitation of a modem. <laughs> yeah. And I I wish that... Yeah. It, I had trouble gauging the feedback I, in the room. I, I didn't catch the modem. I didn't, I didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> so I... Howlin' Wolves, I want you to know that I did spend some time Saturday and Sunday morning going to YouTube oh and looking around for those old modem sounds so it could be this as authentic for, as guys. possible. I, I do the hard work. This is how he earns his money. I put in my time. <laughs> um, yeah, and back to Scotland. Like That was in itself a, a reference, I think, because this, this specific... Um, community you were part of the free church you were a part of Mm -hmm. i think um is a reference in themselves these are people who actually exist who really still are keeping sabbath i think that there's orthodox jews also who are keeping sabbath for sure um there are people in our communities who practice this um and yeah so what you you talk about takeaways do you have any other stories about sabbath keeping with the free churchers Stories about Sabbath keeping. Uh, I I never got a clear answer as to why I could kick a soccer ball but not watch a <laughs> soccer match on, on 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 TV. But I I honored I honored their their tradition, and there were one or two houses where 
<laughs> no, he's like he's analyzing whether or not there's any chance that any of them might be listening. Where there there were group naps just oh, in, no. the, in the, uh, and and these were dear dear Christian households that were incredibly generous with their own space and time to open up their their homes for Sunday dinner, some of the people that they invited, but then always there were always a couple other random students like me and other people where it's like, we don't exactly know who's going to come, but we're going to cook a ton of food mm-hmm. and and show deep and sacrificial hospitality after dinner. And the dinner was a midday meal. So at, on Sundays and af- after the cleanup, people would just start sitting around the den or the family room and uh-huh. just doze off in chairs. <laughs> and, that is great. And so, so you'd see, you know, a couple of people would still be talking, but then there'd be other people. You'd, just you'd see John McCullough over there. I made up that name, but still Scottish. Who's just going. <laughs> <laughs> and so a couple of times I had, I tiptoed out of these houses <laughs> because it was a, it was a war of nap attrition. It's kind of awesome. And it was Fallujah. I mean, Americans do that in front of the football screen sometimes. It's true. <laughs> yeah. But more more power to them. Yeah. I, you nap know, proud. That's that's awesome. That's nap really hard, fun. nap proud. Um, I you're you also connected your Joel and Joel Embiid uh, dunking. You were referencing the fact that the Sabbatarians are going to have better scriptural <laughs> arguments than you. Well, I, I didn't mean me specifically, <laughs> but, you know, average Christians. <laughs> I also don't, talked about hubris in the sermon at don't, different points, don't too. Don't get in fights with strict stabaturians. Well, I, I mean, they, they have very specific, you know, thought out, well thought out reasons. And, yeah, just, just know what you're getting into in those in those conversations. I, I mean, briefly, I the, the fact that Sabbath keeping is relatively underrepresented in the Eastern and Western church and, you know, Catholicism and Protestantism makes me think maybe, maybe they're not, if this is something more universally recognized and practiced, maybe that would give a little more weight to the scriptural arguments. But then I also think that there are specific New Testament arguments that indicate away from strict Sabbath keeping, but the pendulum has swung way too far in the sure. other direction. And that's why Joel Embiid needs to not only dunk basketballs on us, but then stuff is in the hoop. What? I don't. That was part of the analogy. No, I think the analogy is more like, more like there's other people who could be supporting Joel Embiid. (laughs) You mean like shade at Ben Simmons? Was that what you're getting at there? No, 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 no. He was gonna dunk because they he has better, but actually, uh, never mind. I think analogies, your analogies especially, they fall apart. Yep. At some point. Yeah. Nothing Um, to see here. Move along. Okay. Uh, other references. There's a nice Carson saying, Wentz dig. Um, so hate watching Carson Wentz. A couple of people after the sermon said, "I've never heard the phrase hate watching before." I'm like, "What? They that they is they they non Well, I'll say they were not native Philadelphia sports fans, um, so they came from other places where you don't hate watch. <laughs> yeah, like what's the point of sports? If you don't, if you don't hate watch, that would be the question. Yep. What is the point of sports? Let's see. There was also an Atlantic article that I read right at the end of the week before coming in uh, from the Atlantic about the the benefits of Slack and also the downsides. So Slack is like internet and app on crack, where mm-hmm. 
it does so much good to you know, connect coworkers, but then you're like really never off. And Slack, I, we actually have a couple Slack channels at church among different leaders groups. I'm not really good at Slack. Part of it is I'm a little afraid of Slack because of how it can just eat into Sabbath keeping in different ways. But there are benefits apparently with Slack in, in workplaces. And I, you know, I don't work in secular workplaces, but, but Slack blurs the line between work productivity, social media, and jokes. And so it is this constant gray area right. of, um, you know, what exactly are we doing here? But the quote from a design researcher says, we were like sharks who are sleeping with one eye open, mm. never fully resting. Mm. So I, I usually don't add quotes on Sunday morning to a sermon, but, but that, made that made in. the late cut. I stopped the presses. <laughs> um, any leftovers, Jim? Guitar Slim Pickens. I think you covered it. I was going to mention Free Church if we didn't get to it. Yep. I was going to offer to do a modem sound again. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I'm docile. That's fine. Um, anything you wish you could redo? Your, sab your sabbatical. <laughs> My sabbatical was great. No, I, Redo our sabbatical. I, I would say repeat. Yeah. Yes. That, that was awesome. Um, okay. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. I don't... Do we have any Howlin' Wolves? Did you get any feedback? Yeah, we got one Howlin' Wolf. Let me pull it up here. It was from Kristen, and it looked to be some sort of catfishing or spam. <laughs> postsundayblues at gmail.com so Kristen <laughs> alluringly <laughs> says hi <laughs> so yeah Kristen I wonder oh, wonder no. how often you email oh, no. Christian podcasts <laughs> we'll see where this goes so we're, we'll if be hot on this that. trail okay. um, <laughs> on that note you can feel free to write in I know that we like feedback oh, it's a command writing in is command yeah, that's probably overstating <laughs> You could rest by procrastinating your work by writing in. No, that's not how this works either. Um, I think that's it then, right? Any other last words? Last week you had an announcement and I've you we made us do the closing twice. Yeah, no, there's more coming down the pike and not just for Kristen. <laughs> With that, how was it? That was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more Post-Sunday Blues. Here comes some pre-Sunday happy. Well, here, let's, let's try again. So I'm... A little bit closer to the mic because right now. Before I was like far away, and you could still hear me, which I I was right. like, "What's going on?" Yeah, now I'm the quiet one. Now I'm the quiet American, as Graham Greenwood said.